Hi everybody, welcome back to Strategic Slut Podcast, a feminist-based show that aims to reclaim the word slut and discuss harder topics to become more approachable. Each week, I will bring you a topic to break down or a guest on to have a discussion in a shame-free way so that we can all live an intentional and strategic life. Today, I have Dana on from at Totally Blunt. We talk about everything surrounding cannabis, all the stigma around it, um, what it looks like now being legal in Canada, the difference between THC, CBD, how we can use it as tools, um, even different strains of like indica and sativa. She gives us a lot of education on that and how they affect your body differently. But also we get into some more fun things like sex and masturbation and kind of different things that normally people don't talk about. So uh, please excuse the start. I had done like five podcasts that day and my brain literally just shut down. So it's a rocky two minutes and then we get into it and it's okay. Um, And we did have a little bit of technical issues. So please bear with us. This work from home lifestyle is still something I'm getting used to. So either way, I think you'll learn a lot and I think you will love this episode. So please give it up for Dana and let me know how much you love it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Strategic Slut Podcast. Today, we have Dana Baranovsky. Baranovsky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already butchering the name. Um, from Totally Blunt on the show today, she is a cannabis educator with the focus of helping women to empower their wellness routines with cannabis and ending the stigma. Thank you, Dana, for so much. Oh my God, I can't even speak. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat a little bit more about cannabis cannabis and cannabis <laughs> I'm like I can't speak and now it's totally um like <laughs> rubbing off on you I've done a couple podcast recordings today guys so I've just talked a lot and I just I don't even know how to speak anymore but Dana I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself how and why you became a cannabis educator what that path looked like yeah for sure I mean it wasn't a super linear path because like if you think about it like when when you're a teenager and everyone is like okay like how like what do you want to do when you grow up you're not like oh I'm gonna work in the cannabis industry like it literally wasn't even legal back then mm-hmm. um but essentially what I do now is I'm a cannabis educator and I'm based out of Kitchener and Toronto um, but I offer a lot of my services um online and I'm the founder of totallyblunt.ca which is an educational platform essentially that provides women with science-based information about cannabis and wellness. So my mission is to help women unlock the wellness potential of cannabis and really cut through some of that, that pseudoscience. That's kind of my thing. So, you know, like when you Google cannabis, you get like so many different articles and stuff like that. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, like, like CBD cures cancer or like, it can help, it can help with your like cat's arthritis or something. So like you can be like super skeptical. So I'm really here to just like clear that up uh, and provide some of like that reliable info that I like was seeking myself at one point. Right. Um, yeah. That. And like also to complement like that educational platform, I also work like uh, with my clients one-on-one to help them find products and doses. Uh, that kind of work for them because that's really a challenge that a lot of people face. And I'm also working on some uh, digital products and courses in the future. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I didn't even know like what that kind of job description (laughs) looks like because, I mean, the name of it, Cannabis Educator, sounds 
simple, yeah. but then it's like, like, who do you educate? How do you educate? You know, how do you like, you know, I like the fact that you said I'm providing the information I wish I had, because that's like exactly, I think it is like, you know, obviously it hasn't been legalized for that long. And when it was legalized, I think a lot of people were finally like, maybe I will try this out kind of thing where maybe they hadn't before. Cause it was kind of, it was common, but it was illegal. <laughs> so yeah. It was a weird thing. And I don't think people uh, gave it a chance to see the wellness side of it um, because it was a very stigmatized kind of recreational thing that, you know, like stoners do. It wasn't seen as anything that could potentially be a tool to one's wealth and, or like, sorry, health and wellness. Wow, well. <laughs> health and wealth. <laughs> <laughs> really can't speak anymore. Oh my God. Um, but like, so when you, when you're as an educator, are you like teaching classes or is it mostly through the website? Um, what do you, like you have clients, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So, so right now, like my main form of education is through my Instagram page. I'm working on, you know, kind of broadening that out and like having a website with blogs and stuff that people can access. Um, so that's really the main part of it. But I recently started chatting more with, with, uh, clients one-on-one and honestly it's different for everybody like I've that's kind of what you were saying like there are some people who were using cannabis on you know like a daily basis and like they knew that they liked cannabis they had a good relationship with cannabis but you know they have circumstances in their life like they can't smoke anymore so they're like really looking at it more from like a wellness perspective so they you know they want to incorporate it for like pain or like inflammation or something like that so they're really looking for some guidance to to help them start and also some like accountability around around using them um and using them responsibly and then there's like people who like just started using it uh during like legalization so like literally like Mm -hmm. we're nearing two years now um and they like try a bunch of stuff and like sometimes they have a great time and sometimes they have like a really bad trip and like they just don't know what's causing it um and one of like the strategies that I use is like I recommend products that like you know if you had a trip you probably had too much THC so like I recommend products that are like a little bit more balanced um and then Mm -hmm. essentially guide them through like the start low go slow method with like some some guidance so like providing them with like specific doses that they should start up start at and then like helping them track it and like assess how they feel at different doses oh Mm -hmm. wow I didn't know it was that like um methodical and like really strategic I (laughs) that's kind of funny because like just you know growing up and you learn of weed or you try it even when it was illegal whatever you just smoke and you try it out and you've had a bad trip you had a bad trip like it's not really like (laughs) there was no science behind I think how people have experimented with weed and like um you know even the type of weed half the time you didn't know what it was yeah (laughs) exactly and that's like what I find so interesting because like uh, my background is actually nutrition so like I have a bachelor's and a master's in human health and nutritional sciences and so like no fucking yeah. way. Oh my god, I'm shocked. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So that's kind of like 
that mindset has kind of like spilled over into the cannabis world because like I knew so much about like food and nutrition and like supplements that you can take and kind of like that's how that's kind of how you approach nutrition right like if you're trying to figure out a diet for yourself you're like you're assessing what you eat in a day and then you like write down how you feel and then like you eliminate things out of your diet and you add them in interesting like I I've always I've had a really like interesting view on weed because I've never I never understood why it wasn't legal for one like kind of growing up I don't know I just had this I mean I've always been into the taboo and I've always kind of like had a very like progressive mindset even from a young child even though I didn't know much like I was quite ignorant to a lot of social justice issues and I just like grew up kind of blind I still like when people would talk about weed it was just like I don't get why like how are people being criminalized for this you know and it just to me it just never seemed that bad like I was so confused by it and then um but I hadn't really explored with it much it was like a high school you try it at a party kind of thing but you know, a couple of my experiences were also mixed with alcohol and it was definitely recreational and definitely not um, supervised to be a really good like experience, of course. Like it's kind of how fucked up can you get when you're in high school and just mixing a thousand things. Um, so then, um, you know, years down the road, I have dealt with endometriosis for five years. Well, I wasn't diagnosed, but I was experienced what now I'm diagnosed. But at the time I just knew I had unexplained pain. And about two years ago, I had, I was at a point where I've tried everything and nothing's helping. And I would go through these kind of flare ups of my endo that would literally put me out of commission. I'd be in so much pain. I wouldn't sleep, which would trigger my insomnia to come back. And it just like was this awful cycle of um, not only physical pain, but then mental like frustration and then anxiety like it was just a whole whirlwind so my friend was like why don't you try smoking weed and I was and it had just I think it was just about to be legalized because it's it's been about two years since I've started smoking weed and um I tried it and it was great and then I just kept trying it and it just worked really well with my body and how it affected me and ever since it's been kind of a tool in my life and I can't, I don't really do it socially, um, do it like whether it's edible smoking, whatever. Like I don't, I don't, it's not a social thing for me. It's really like a, a nighttime. I do it right before bed. And then, um, whatever it is, whether it's like CBD drops, a THC pen, real weed in a bong or taking it edible kind of thing. I have different methods, but, um, yeah, like I just, I started and it was truly like the, it was game changing. I would be able to sleep so well. I would wake up with no anxiety. I would wake up with complete clarity with no um, hangover, you know, like that you would assume alcohol would have like as a substance. And then um, it just, it helped me with my pain too. Like it was just the most amazing tool that I've ever tried. And it's really, I, I'm always like struggling to explain my experience with it because some people equate it like, oh, it's like your, you know, time to, you know, chill out at night, you smoke some weed and you go to bed, like just like I would with have a glass of wine. And I can't say I equate the two, but then I also, you know, if you want to drink your glass of wine at night, that's fine too. Like I don't, it's a really weird thing to like navigate that discussion. So when you, when people almost equate it like with the, you know alcohol thing what do you say because I 
to me, it's not the same, but it can be used. They can both be used wrongfully, like, and abused. So I don't know what mm-hmm. that conversation looks like. That's such a good question. And I don't know if I ever thought of it that way, honestly. But <laughs> now that I'm kind of, like, thinking about it, it, you know what? Like, I feel like, you know, people have a glass at the end of the day um, because they're, like, trying to relax, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, that's kind of, like, kind of a form of self-medication yeah right Mm -hmm. and and like some people might choose instead to have like a cbd or like a thc edible to kind of get that same like relief of like releasing like stress at the end of the day so like so i think really we have to like think of what the causes of like going for that drink or like like reaching for that edible it's like really you're just your body's like telling you that you need relax Mm -hmm. so I think in terms of that kind of like more recreational spin on it like I think I think really it just comes down to like that root cause but like so many people also find like that CBD and THC can help with like actual medical reasons as well and there is like research that's coming out to support that too so like so you know if somebody's saying like it's just to relax or it's just to like be used recreationally. Like there's so many people using it anecdotally and there's so much like research to support that now, which are like, no, it's like, it's like a medicine for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. To me, it is to me. It really is that like, I also, I have like kind of a spiritual like thing involved in the sense that when I smoke at night and I'm in bed and I usually browse Twitter Twitter for a little bit or like go on TikTok and then I go to bed. Um, I don't get the munchies or anything that the people like, I don't allow myself to. I smoke late enough where I can't stay up because if I do smoke too early, I probably will start snacking. (laughs) Um, But I, you know, I do it and then I like, I don't know. I find that my brain um, is able to like, kind of almost become this outside party like I almost am able to look everything in my life whether it's conflicts or stresses or whatever's going on and almost like look at it from such a non-emotional standpoint and Mm -hmm. it's like I I don't know and I don't know if that's for everyone but like for me it's just like this not only like a wellness tool but then also this like way of expanding my brain like kind of allowing the creativity to flow like I'll get the craziest ideas and put it in notes and (laughs) I mean there's a lot of jokes around that but I really I I really do view it as that tool but I like that you kind of broke it down with with wine it's like you know if you're self-medicating that is it could be a similar thing but it's it's kind of going down to what how you're using it why you're using it like what's all about that so Um, yeah, that's really interesting. But before we talk about actually like how cannabis becomes a part of a wellness routine, I just really want to bring up because you posted on your Instagram about it to discuss the white weed privilege. Um, of course, like I need to acknowledge that we're talking about cannabis and I think it's becoming quite like chic and trendy, but then there are you know, it's often black men and black women incarcerated for the selling and possession of it. So I just want to talk about like white, white weed privilege. What is it? And how can we be conscious of that privilege when not only consuming, but also like discussing this topic? 
Yeah, I love how you brought that up. That's that's amazing. Um, so I guess like if we want to talk about white weed privilege, I think we have to like talk about white privilege first. Um, and just like a quick little definition, it's um, the advantages possessed by a white person on the basis of their race um, in a society that's like white supremacist or is characterized by racial injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, or inequalities. So essentially, then we just kind of superimpose white privilege into the weed conversation. And the conversation that I kind of became aware of, you know, in the past few months is that, um, like, a lot of the online cannabis community um, talks about, like, breaking the stigma around, like, being a stoner and like I told I'm totally behind that you know like you know people use cannabis as medicine people use it on a daily basis like it doesn't mean that there's a certain type of way but this conversation like I realized is just rooted in white privilege because like we talk about like you know I saw this one tweet actually um, a couple months ago and he was like um I'm like super successful and so are all my friends and I smoke weed every day. Um, I'm not a stoner. I'm not lazy at all. And I was like, I was like, okay, so essentially what people like white people are talking about online when it comes to cannabis is like, um, they're hung up on being called lazy and unmotivated and they're just dedicated to proving that they're productive, which is like such, such a privilege to have because like you mentioned, like marginalized communities, especially black and indigenous people in cannabis, uh, sorry, in Canada, um, they've been like discriminated against and they've been disproportionately charged for possession of, of cannabis. Yeah. And yeah, so like, I think we, need, we just need to be aware, like for us, it's like an inconvenience to be called lazy. And for someone else, it's like the, the discrimination and stigma like can lead literally to arrest like i think we just need to think about that when we're talking even when we're talking about like cannabis for wellness like that is such a privilege to be able to talk about it in this way yeah for sure i if anyone like listening needs like an example just think of your high school and your drug dealers like um not and you know they may just be dealing weed or they may be dealing heavier stuff who knows whatever but like when i think of just like the white you know dealers that would have backpacks and stuff they weren't they were were not searched as much as a black like like teen in my high school or whatever um on the streets whatever who's wearing a backpack he may not even be dealing drugs or whatever he may he may not but the there's obviously like studies that show like black men are pleased much more than white men so just that little example of like you know, both are wearing backpacks, but the black, like, boys and, like, whatever, men are searched way more often. So just that little thing of, like, just acknowledging that. And when it was, when it was illegal, that would be used against them to obviously charge them and get them in trouble where um, it's just not, it wasn't as frequent for white kids. Like, (laughs) that's just it. So, um, just for anyone who needed that kind of clarity, that's what it is. And it's the fact that, you know, for white privilege to keep it, like to expand it, you know, I can, I know that I can get 
pulled over for a speeding ticket and not be worried about um, any further issues. I've never felt my life being threatened being pulled over by a cop, and that is not the same for Black and Indigenous folks. So I just want to quickly, like, clarify that for anyone listening, because obviously this, like, for us to be able to talk about cannabis and talk about how great it is, we do almost have to acknowledge that side of it, because, I mean, cannabis stores do look like crazy, trendy Apple stores right now. Like, the ones that are popping up all over Canada they're like the coolest friggin' places. Yeah. But there are men in jail for possession and selling. You know, like there is there is that factor that we definitely just have to acknowledge. I cannot fix the system, but I want to raise that awareness. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, thank you for explaining that term. Um so I guess we can kind of move on. I don't want I I can get down a real deep dive of racism. <laughs> um, <laughs> But how has cannabis become part of, maybe like we'll speak on your wellness routine, but then we can kind of broaden it to like general, general, like, you know, clients or people you speak to or whatever of how it's become really like part of their wellness routine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, For sure. So like most people, I started using cannabis as a teen and I was just like using it for fun. Um, wasn't using it that much, but there was like a time in high school that I just had like a really bad, bad trip. And then I was like kind of turned off by it, which is actually like so many people literally narrative. That's what happened to me in high school. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't even really use it that much in university. Like even like when all my friends were like smoking I just kind of like didn't really want to because I had that really bad like anxiety uh that one time so then during my master's I started actually researching um cannabis and it was like the first time that I kind of saw it from like a wellness perspective because I was reading like all these research papers on like um how people were using it like medicinally like there was I can't remember the timelines for this, but like people were using it for epilepsy, people were using it for like pain, for cancer. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I literally thought this was just like something you do to get high. Um, and so like after reading some of this information, um, I started kind of experimenting with cannabis, uh, especially after legalization. Um, so I was kind of like the human guinea pig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So I started like, I tried smoking, beverages, edibles, like a bunch of different types of products, a bunch of different doses. And like, I was using it for wellness. So like, I felt like I wasn't really getting anywhere. Like sometimes I'd feel great. And then other times I'd have kind of like a bad experience. And for me, like I was really looking for like that consistency and reliability, like kind of like an Advil, right? Like you know, you take an Advil and you know what you're going to feel and you know what it's going to be like, it's going to help. So like, that's kind of what I was looking for. And so um, I I began being like more mindful and analytical about it. It's kind of like from my nutrition background, I applied some of those same concepts. Um, And then I started to like understand how much I like to smoke, like what I like to smoke, the potencies, how much of an edible I can eat without like completely losing my shit. Yeah, those are fun. (laughs) Right, yeah. And so, and so, yeah, like that's really how I 
kind of came up with like the methods uh, to help my clients is like I did it myself first yeah um, right now like the main reasons I use cannabis for wellness is um just like any feelings of anxiety that I have like when I get super overwhelmed or if like I need to do like a presentation at work and like my nerves like really yeah like freaking out and stuff um I'll take like some CBD to help with my nerves um I also use it for like relaxation so like we were saying like instead of having a glass of wine like it's not uncommon for me to just like eat a little THC chocolate and just like chill and like do laundry and like you know just cook and stuff also like I love taking THC and then like having dinner it makes the meals so much better so I feel like I actually should like experiment with that more because like I've I'll have nights like let's say like on a weekend where like I've maybe it's been a stressful week and I just want to like just chill out and kind of just like be and I'll like smoke some weed or have an edible specific an edible is usually ideal for this situation um Mm -hmm. and then I'll put on like a movie or like a stupid reality tv show and I'll just like have a variety of just snacks and just like really go in on some food and it's like the like greatest amount of joy that I can like explain just like this situation because it's just so it's like fun and I feel like it makes hanging out with yourself like so fun and like (laughs) just makes life more enjoyable but not in like an unhealthy way like I could stop smoking weed at any point and never feel like I have a dependency on it you know like it might take yeah. me a little longer to sleep or something but that is something that I like always want to tell people though like if you can't function without weed maybe that's something to reconsider because it's no longer being like a tool or you know it's kind of becoming a strong dependency and I mean I don't know how to navigate that I'm not trying to judge anyone at all but I'm just just saying you know like just you know do what you need to do kind of thing but also evaluate like how you use it and are you being intentional on like what you do but it is really pretty it's pretty great for that I I should try that more often before dinner like cook and put on some music I feel like that's a pretty good vibe it's yeah I was gonna say like that's a vibe I love that like that's my Friday night like every Friday night like I don't need to go get a drink or anything like that or no patios like I'm just gonna hang out with myself today Oh my God, I should definitely do that. Yeah, I love, um, so I guess maybe before we talk about like different strains too, I think we should quickly t- talk about the difference between, um, so in THC, like sativa and indica, and then what the difference is between THC and CBD for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, I can get into those. I actually kind of want to touch on like, like addiction because I think that's a really important part that you brought up too and then I can address the other one no 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 go um like that's such a good point to bring up because like we're talking about it from like a wellness perspective and like when you think about wellness products you don't really think about addiction very often Mm -hmm. or like dependence but like it actually does happen like you know people can get addicted to like exercise and to like mel- taking melatonin Anything too or, like, much right like exactly yeah. yeah like healthy people get obsessed with healthy eating mm-hmm. and like it's just a, like a, a negative pattern yeah. um and it's totally it's 
totally possible with cannabis. Um, and it's like partially because of like the behavior aspect of it, but also like just because um, the way the endocannabinoid system works is like you feel good. Like most of the time you feel good when you have THC. So like essentially your your brain is telling like, oh, this is great. So like I want more of that. Yeah. And so that's kind of where that dependence can come in. Mm. But it's it's like way more common to happen to um, like youth. Like so like, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. People who, who like smoked every every day, like when they were teenagers, for example, like it's more likely that you're going to be addicted to it if you started younger. Um, and that's because like, because the endocannabinoid system is um, like the receptors that are located on your central and peripheral nervous system. So like receptors on like your spinal cord, like your brain, like all your organs and stuff like that. Um, it's especially important for like the developing brain yeah. because like anything that we like, anything that kind of like impacts our brain as it's still developing um, can like have negative impacts. No, Pretty good. much like everything. Right? Yeah. Like I actually yeah. dated a guy who he like, I didn't know anything about this, but like he genuinely cannot function without weed like mm-hmm. at all. And he gets very angry if he doesn't smoke weed. Like it's a very, interesting thing I hadn't really seen it until we had spent some time together and I knew we smoked weed and that was fine like okay same (laughs) like whatever but I never knew to what extent and it was truly an addiction like he has to smoke like four bowls before he even goes to work to like function and Mm -hmm. just that like you know the way that he would like kind of finesse his schedule around being able to like quickly smoke and whatever like that was like this is not normal like if you replace that with I don't know whatever like you said like a workout like tons of you know six hours of working out a day or imagine like if you replace that potency with like protein powder (laughs) like kind of a kind of fucked up so it was like weird in that sense. And I had kind of raised a little concern just to him kind of, you know, like, you know, can you like just kind of talking about it? Like, can you function Mm -hmm. without it? You know, like how long can you go kind of thing? And it like gave him anxiety talking about it. And I was just like, Oh, like, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this. Now this was not the relationship for me in any way, but it was just like an interesting Mm -hmm. glance at, where you know he's not his life you know he's a kind of a functioning addict in that sense of like he worked Mm -hmm. and stuff but he wasn't really able to go beyond um and I think that that's like with people who are like functioning alcoholics but the thing with weed is that like I think that some people um I don't know I think it's just it's viewed differently but yeah it was a weird case and it was the first time I'd seen like you know, quote unquote addiction of cannabis, because most people say that you can't be addicted. And I always grew up thinking that you can't be addicted to like the weed itself, but it's the high that you get addicted to, but you've like clarified how that all works anyways. Um, But yeah, it's like very fascinating on just that kind of level. And I never like to be judgmental or anything. Like everyone Mm -hmm. can take that with a grain of salt and whatever, but just thinking of all these things and how we use it and how we discuss it is so important because 
people can get like the wrong message. I think it's, we're seeing it now yeah. with microdosing, um, mm-hmm. with shrooms as well. Um, it's becoming much more normal to discuss and try, but, um, some people are kind of taking it th- a little bit too extensively, like more for partying, which is actually not meant for that. Like just things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all really good to like have all of this context in this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I like, I like to frame it around like, why are you using it? Like, why do you want to use cannabis? And so like, I'm sure like your, your like previous boyfriend would, would have been like, well, I'm not quite sure. Like, cause I need to, right. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would yeah. have like a concrete, like, you know, oh, it helps me with anxiety or he didn't even know, like, I don't think he could recognize he experiences anxiety because he would kind of like smoke so much that he wouldn't be able to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think like it needs to come from like a place of like, I have this symptom or like, I want help with this. And like, I think cannabis can help Mm -hmm. me with that. And like, I think having that mindset, like just being mindful too. Right. Cause like then say like, you want to use it for anxiety, like, and then you can kind of like think like, Hey, check in, like, how do I feel? Like, do I feel less anxious? Right? Like if you check in, then you, you know, like whether it's working or not. And it's not just because like you need it or like your body is dependent on it. Yeah. And I feel like with anxiety too, it's like people can like, you know, try some weed, but then also try other things. Like you can kind of make a medley of figuring out, like, you know, use it in the moment, but also like try to take steps to identify maybe where your anxiety is rooted from, or like, you know, kind of just like make it a part of the toolbox not the entire toolbox because then you're just relying on that one thing which can be a slippery slope in that sense oh my gosh yeah you nailed it like right on the head because it's it's definitely a tool it's not like a cure or anything and I think you know people because like a lot of people with anxiety are just like naturally drawn to cannabis because it like relieves some of that for them but I think it like also prevents people from like going out and actually like getting like the medications or like yeah. the therapy that they need and so Everyone I think it's needs so fucking important. therapy if that's anything I can oh my god use, you all need therapy <laughs> you don't think you need therapy you need therapy because the people who are in therapy <laughs> are in therapy because of the people who refuse to go to therapy <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah I know I'm, exactly. I'm glad that like you were able to speak on that because um it's obviously something that has to be intentional and very like strategic and I like that you actually like in your work you talk about like dosage and stuff like that because even with edibles I feel like back in the day before it was all legalized and there was like actual packs of like you know 10 milligrams per gummy or whatever like that you would just pop a brownie and pray to god that you're gonna be okay (laughs) Jesus take the wheel yeah yeah, literally (laughs) like it's so for anyone asking or anyone thinking to themselves if you've never tried an edible maybe what the difference for smoking versus like an edible all all like with THC for me I always explain the difference I I'm not an educator so you can correct me but like for me edibles are like a body high obviously your mind's high too but your body literally it feels like it's like sinking into like the ground or the bed or wherever you're like sitting on and then for smoking it, it kind of hits the head first and then 
um, I don't know, to me, it's kind of almost like a head buzz that kind of like, kind of gives you a numbness throughout the body. So I don't know, that's kind of how I explain it. But maybe you can speak on that more eloquently. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say like the biggest difference um, for like edibles versus smoking is like, ultimately the cannabinoids like cbd and thc are going to be absorbed differently like when you're inhaling something it's going through your lungs and into your blood and so you're feeling the effects like within minutes like you're feeling something um and then with with edibles and like oils and stuff you're ingesting it so like you're swallowing it it's going through your gi and then it's being absorbed um and then it actually has to be like processed by the liver so like you're going to be not feeling anything probably for at least an hour, if not longer. Uh, Like those are like the two biggest differences, but then it like also impacts like the effects that you feel just because of the way that process and absorbed into your body. Right. Um, Yeah. And it's not cleared the same way, but yeah. So like, that's really why you feel those like different types of highs is because like your body processing it like so differently that does make sense that that actually makes a lot of sense yeah I always like (laughs) I always tell people like they you know I um have been affiliated with Birch and Fog for a couple years and people I've posted about it a lot of my Instagram stories and stuff and people have asked me you know like what do I like and which products do I consume and whatever and people ask me the difference and stuff like that and I always warn people I'm like if you haven't taken an edible before and like depending on your tolerance like just take one and just wait an hour and a half. Do not pop a second 30 minutes later because you will end up on the fucking ground. Like, yeah. paralyzed, can't move. <laughs> Blazed it's out of your mind. <laughs> it is the worst. Yeah, like, and that's kind of where, like, that start low, go slow method comes in. And, like, I I have been known to, like, cut a single gummy in, like, eights. <laughs> like, I'll have a have sliver. Have a micro dose, right? Yeah, like I start like at the lowest dose because like it's so much easier to like eat a little bit and then be like, oh, I didn't feel anything. So like eat two next time and then you're like, still didn't feel it and then build up rather than like just like flood like the gates of the (laughs) endocannabinoid system with THC and just be like a potato for the next like three hours. Yeah. It's so much easier to like do it the other way around where you like you build up gradually and then you're like oh I feel nice and then you just chill at that nose rather than just like yeah for sure that's actually so important because I um like in my kind of two-year like journey of actually consuming it pretty essentially every day um I did go in third year a couple months like I'd say four or five months maybe six months without drinking alcohol I just I couldn't deal with the like post alcohol, like the next morning, the anxiety I'd get, it was really bad on my depression. And it just, it was, it was really not affecting me well. So I'd stop to stop drinking, but then my friends were like, well, how like, you know, you have to still come out with us, you know? <laughs> so I would, I started experimenting with um, smoking before the bar or like taking an edible and honestly, like my body just reacts really well to it. Like I can function um, depending on the dose and everything like that and be able to still hold the conversation and whatever. But there was like time, there were times where like over hours I had taken whatever, like maybe two edibles, like hours before. And then I'd pop another one late a couple hours later. And then I'd smoke my pen as well. And suddenly I'm like, like 
not functioning anymore you know so there's like and i had to learn from like those like little experiences where i'm like oh my god i just need to like all i wanted to do was go to home and go to bed which i live downtown london for school so like i could walk to my apartment within three minutes so it was okay but like if i was had like a 30 minute drive home i would literally be in the uber passed out because it was just too much at like over the course of a couple hours kind of thing and i had to learn the hard way for that so being educated on like dosage i feel like is so important because i mean luckily i didn't really have bad trips i was just i just knew i was too high <laughs> yeah and you're you're so lucky because like for so many people it's just like an awful awful time like, i've had two for, really bad trips in high school that made me like never want to smoke weed again but yeah <laughs> yeah because like it's like high doses of thc can just like be such a negative experience mm-hmm. for some because like you get paranoia anxiety your heart is like beating at your chest like and that yeah that's like not what at, at no point do you want that. Like, well, it's the same thing with alcohol, too. Like, the normalization of yeah. blacking out shouldn't be a thing. Like, alcohol no. is fun, but, like, to black out is not – it's not cool anymore. Like, come on, guys. So It's, it's not cool with, or fun. Yeah, like, you wake up, you don't know what happened to you, not great. So, it's uh, – to me, it's in – like, you know, I don't like to compare the two, but if we're going – like, a lot of people need mm-hmm. that comparison with weed, like – too much is too much like it's the same thing with that alcohol or too much aspirin like you don't want to have liver damage you know like shit like that it's just too much of anything is not good and obviously it can impact your actual experience and like kind of um mindset with weed moving forward as well so i what is okay i i feel like i go between cannabis and weed and i feel like people are phasing out the term weed and I want to know why, if you know, because I feel like it's probably not correct, but I want to know the reason. So, so they are phasing out a word. It's not weed. It's marijuana. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And so, so for example, yeah. So like marijuana, like essentially this like kind of goes back to like the whole like racial issue when it comes to cannabis, Um, like marijuana, essentially like banning marijuana in the states like stems from like giving authorities an excuse to like arrest and detain like people of color and so because of that history like a lot of people have kind of like just avoided using that word even though it's like used in like a lot of different like legislation in the states still like even like for legalization like people call it like medical marijuana and stuff like that so yeah mary jane so like people i think like a lot of people are phasing out the word marijuana like i personally don't use it like and all of like if you look at anything in canada like any of the legal like websites and stuff and like labels and stuff it only refers to it as cannabis like canada just like completely phased out that word because i think they kind of recognized like when they were writing the cannabis act that like it's not it's not that great that's actually awesome that's really good to know i'm glad we touched on that really quickly because i I, the minute i said weed i don't know something popped my brain of like wait i've read something about this but you're right it's it's marijuana that's what i read about okay good yeah so still good the difference uh going back to that what's the difference between indica and sativa and then thc and cbd yeah so like so um indica and sativa are essentially like ways to like categorize strains so 
uh, what people what people find is like sativas are like more uplifting and like um, more energizing and kind of create like a cerebral high and indicas are more um, like sedating, like more relaxing, make you a little bit more sleepy. And so essentially like what it looks like from like a plant biology perspective is like one plant is tall and one plant is smaller oh. <laughs> and they have like different sized leaves. But I'm actually like not a huge fan of categorizing like strains by indica and sativa for like a few reasons. Um, the first is um, like they, those are like very old ways to classify cannabis and like majority of the cannabis that um, is like on the market now doesn't really fit well within any of those categories. Like oh. it seems like it's been like hybridized over time that like you can't really make, like you can't really differentiate this. And like, I had a really good conversation with like um, Keita Cannabis. I don't know if you follow her. She's like from Kitchener as well. And she's like really big into like growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like also studies cannabis at the University of Guelph. So. Oh, I didn't she, know they had that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, like Guelph, <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess um, and like the Aggies, like the agriculture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, well, that's what that's where I went, and like that's where I started learning about weed. That's so hilarious. Oh, that makes all more sense. Yeah, we didn't talk about where you went to university. That makes sense then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like the second reason why I really don't like categorizing it, um like that is because there's not really like any evidence to suggest that they have like any sort of like different chemical differences, like whether it comes to like CBD or THC and like terpenes and like minor cannabinoids, like there's no pattern there when it comes to sativa and indica. And instead, like, you know, when people say like, oh, like sativas make me sleepy. I'm like, okay, but like, why? <laughs> and then you have to think like, okay, well, it's probably like something it, like chemical, right. right? That's like interacting with my body. And so I always like to think of strains in terms of like what type of chemical constituents they have. So like right. how much CBD is in it? How much THC? Like, is there like a lot of linalool? Like it, cause that can make you sleepy, which is like a terpene. Right. So like that, that might make you like more chill and sleepy mm-hmm. versus like what is indica, like what indica is supposed to describe. Right. That's so cool. And then what is the difference between THC and CBD? Yeah. So, so THC and CBD are both cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant. So they're kind of like those can- chemical constituents. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that are, like the most important those are the ones that are going to give you majority of the effects that you feel from cannabis um and they're the active molecules that interact with our endocannabinoid system so like like as i mentioned before the endocannabinoid system is a system of uh cannabinoids which are these like molecules that are floating around the receptors that like catch them that are going to be on the surface of your neurons um and then enzymes um which are like building like building them and breaking them down mm-hmm. and this is all happening in our central and peripheral nervous systems and so the endocannabinoid system i'll call it the ecs because that's probably easier okay. <laughs> um is involved like in the regulation of like a bunch of our bodies like uh, physiological okay. functions so some of the ones that like are super obvious to us are like the brain and nervous system right. We also know that it affects the heart rate and the blood pressure because, you know, 
some people when they take too much THC they get like that beating like beating heart like yeah actually my girlfriend gets she has to get like a 50 50 blend because um she just gets brutal anxiety from it like we can't couldn't smoke like together or the weed if I gave her any she just couldn't smoke what I smoked just because it did have like such a negative effect of her but now she's like found a couple strains that like really work for her um but so CBD doesn't make you high correct yeah so so like that's kind of the difference between THC and CBD is like how they interact with that endocannabinoid system so like thc will actually like bind to those receptors on the cells um whereas like cbd doesn't really directly interact like they think that it probably helps boost like the natural cannabinoids in our bodies so the ones that are just like always working um and so i think like thc when it binds that's what's causing the intoxicating effect so like that one will will give you that can give you like cognitive impairment confusion and like paranoia all that jazz uh whereas like cbd doesn't at all so it's like not intoxicating because it's not directly binding to anything it's just kind of like upregulating what you got going on already you know yeah um but like what's so cool is like they both have these health benefits um but they're just like they just act differently but what I love about them too is like if you mix them together like like you mentioned like your friend has to have like more of a balance sorry I can can you put your mic just a little closer I can hardly hear you I don't know something shook and it got all crackly and then I could hardly hear you okay can you hear me now there you go can you hear me now yeah it sounds really distant I don't know why it sounds so weird Like, every time if you move the mic, it does, like, a crazy crack. Is it really loud? Yeah. Okay. What about about now? That's better. Yeah. Okay, I'll try not to move. Okay. That might be (laughs) it. It might just be really sensitive. I don't know. That's so weird. I think it is. Like, I think literally when I, like, move my computer or, like... The minute you'll be talking, it sounds clearer, clearer, and then it'll have, like, a a really intense noise. (laughs) It's okay. But yeah, the last thing you said was your friend. Oh yeah. Like, so your friend, um, you know, she has better experiences when she's using a strain that's like more balanced, has like more CBD and more THC. Um, and like, that's called the entourage effect. And that's essentially like how CBD and THC interact with each other. They think, like, researchers think that CBD is able to, like, somehow prevent THC from, like, binding to those receptors. So, like, it just kind of, like, takes the edge off. Like, that's what I, that's how I like to describe it. Like, takes the edge off of THC um, and, like, reduces, reduces the chances of you having, like, a negative experience. And then you're just getting, like, more of the benefits of CBD and THC if you're using something more balanced. And that works really well for people who, like, have had have negative experiences in the past right yeah I actually I hadn't tried much CBD before because I liked my THC it was like why would I take the it's like drinking non-alcoholic like wine for me like (laughs) you know like I like the THC but then I um because I didn't like I knew that there were benefits to CBD but I just it was like one of those things that I just didn't feel necessary and then um I was having surgery back in may or june whenever that was um for my endometriosis it was like my laparoscopic surgery that they Mm -hmm. do to 
essentially diagnose you with endo. And I actually 20, not even 24 hours before that surgery, I also had gum surgery. So I couldn't smoke my pen. And Mm -hmm. so I ordered like weed capsules and then um, CBD, like sleep oil, because I also wasn't sure like the interaction of painkillers that they'd be giving me after my surgery and weed. Like I didn't want to mess with anything like that. So I tried CBD and honestly, it was actually pretty incredible. Just like it was similar to me to almost popping that Tylenol, like the way you described mm-hmm. it earlier. It's like a couple drops under the tongue. And I just felt kind of like relieved of like a headache without um, the stress of like the gut that normally those like pain meds would have on. Um, and I was already taking so many intense drugs from my surgery that it was like a perfect medley of like being able to calm anxiety and be able to sleep properly. But then also um, not inflame my gums during the, that time and then not mix really fucked up with my painkillers. <laughs> that, that sounds like a hard like few weeks for you there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was a lot. <laughs> Thank God for CBD, holy. Oh my God, yeah. Now, like, I'm, like, actually, like, a big, like, CBD advocate because it was actually pretty awesome, you know, just being able to see that side of it and, like, not use THC for a little bit. And I couldn't smoke THC um, a couple days prior to the gum surgery either, or before, prior, yeah. Wow, brain. Um, So I just, like, had to not do that, but then I had anxiety over the surgery, so that CBD was really good because, like, I think, you know, I've been smoking weed for two years, pretty essentially every day. So like getting to sleep without it would, is like a slight harder task unless I'm like super tired. But, um, because it's so, I had so much anxiety surrounding my surgeries that that CBD was like even more needed, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. coming into it. And it's really interesting. Like I've worked in, so I've worked for Sephora for almost two years and then, I've worked as a brand representative um, who goes to different Sephora locations. So the increase in like hemp seed oil and different products that are essentially like derived from the plant, like I don't really know exactly how they do it, but that people ask all the time, you know, will this get me high or like all these questions? Cause the, a lot of the marketing is surrounded by like making Kush cool essentially. And people like just getting all the, the questions, it was kind of interesting to see like how little we knew about it. I've just like, will this make me high? Like blah, 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 blah. And they would ask me about it and I would obviously inform them as much as I could, but like, it was such a funny thing of just seeing how quickly, brands latched onto the use of the plant and it's like legalization as a marketing tactic as well. Um, but then also seeing how people were kind of made really curious about it. Um, have you explored with like topical products and like, I know Birch and Fog has like a whole sex line of like different oils and stuff like that, which I think is interesting. I haven't tried them personally, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, um, in terms of the stuff for for skincare, like, as far as I understand, like, all of that is hemp oil, like, none of that is actually, like, CBD or it's THC. Not. Yeah, 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 it's not, but they market it. Market it. Like, the cannabis, like, plant, the, obviously, like, the leaf, a lot of it, yeah. like, all over the packaging to make it very clear that this is weed. 
yeah exactly and so like I mean I'm all for hemp seed oil like that's just great too but I think that's like also like it was so confusing to people like where to get cannabis from and like and yeah like I think people a lot of brands like even hemp oil brands are like marketing like they'll call it like canna something and people are like oh like this is like this is cannabis like will this get me high and I'm like no this is literally just like hemp seed oil really? like this is like eating hemp heart yeah my favorite <laughs> one actually is by Josie Marin and it's called skin dope but it's 50% hemp seed oil and 50% argan yeah. oil well I actually like heard um CBD like has its own like anti-inflammatory benefits for skin too and like can also um like reduce the production of oils in your skin so like I'm super curious about it but like we just don't have a system to like sell it legally in Canada yet but like I'm thinking I might put some on my face later because I want to start trying it because um it seems like people are getting really good results um but yeah like in terms of using it topically um there's like not that many products on the market right now like there are yeah yeah they're still coming but like there's like on the Ontario cannabis store they have like um, a couple creams online right now uh, that are like a CBD and THC mix and it's like even though they have CBD and THC like it can't get you high like it it can't be like absorbed enough into (laughs) your body to to make you high and it just doesn't have the dosage to do that but like the really cool part about it is that like, like I mentioned, the endocannabinoid system is, like, throughout your entire body. And, like, our skin has those same receptors. Um, so a lot of people, like, find relief from CBD and THC creams because, like, they're, like, directly interacting with, like, the physiological processes. And so, like, I've heard people using um, just, like, creams for, like, any generalized pain. A lot of women are using it for, like, um, like, period pain or like any sort of pelvic pain um even like you know before sex and stuff like that like if they experience any pain they'll they'll use like cream and stuff um so I think there's like like it's a great product for like somebody who kind of wants to try cannabis products but like isn't comfortable like ingesting them yet um so I just I I love creams for that um and like you brought up like sex and cannabis and (laughs) yeah yeah and like there's like no research on it at all but like like you if you've done it like you know you know like it helps and like I think a lot of it just comes down to like some of those like root causes on like why sex can be like uncomfortable for a lot of people and it like it allows you to let go you exactly in the moment and like whether you're with yourself or with a partner or partners, plural, you're able to just not think of all the reasons that you maybe you're insecure or like the thinking too much about what you're doing to them rather than like what's kind of happening for you. And like, it is just an orgasmic experience. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just like, like helps ease like any anxiety that you may have or like for a lot of people too it's like like some dysfunctions can cause like um like pain yeah right and so like like you said like you've used it for for pain in the past and so Mm -hmm. like that's what 
it's just like such a good like mix where it's like easing pain and like reducing anxiety just like gets you in the right headspace to like really like enjoy the experience get in the mood yeah and I think it it really helps like libido I think too I don't I'm this is me like shooting random things that aren't Mm -hmm. factual in my brain um but I think it really does because like you smoke weed you start to get like more relaxed if you like you know depending on you and how like you react to it but if you react well like I do like I feel like it's not even like a like a drunk horny but it's like a more like a sensual situation like a relaxed feeling where like if I drink wine I'm like just ready to jump on someone it's not even it's not the same but I think that it really does help like even just like the the lubrication (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally yeah I think so like and so many so many people say that like so many people say like it really helps with like there's like cannabis lube and stuff that you can get. I so like want people... one, and I want to make one. <laughs> yeah. Like I want but Magic like... Slot to have a cannabis lube. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. They're gonna be foil based though, unless somebody can figure that out. Make a water based one. They can like. Use I use coconut medicine. oil as lube, so I feel like yeah, it'll it'll be oil, but that I mean, it's hard for condoms but that's a whole other tackle and <laughs> yeah it's a whole other conversation yeah so but, maybe like just to kind of like going towards the one hour mark um what are like a couple ways um people could if they haven't really explored much like what would you recommend them trying and maybe like situationally like do you recommend them maybe like trying it before like sex or like masturbation or do you like you know try it before watching friends like what's like the little lowdown of that yeah yeah I think yeah I can do kind of like a little walkthrough of like my thought process around that like usually I ask people like when they're when they like come to me or like if they're you know gonna google cannabis like why are you googling cannabis like what do you want to use it for is it did you hear that like it could be you know beneficial to help you sleep or is it like for using it for sex and stuff like that like usually I like to narrow down like a certain purpose because that way it just makes it so much easier to like understand what products are going to like work for you and stuff um so like for example if somebody's like you know just wants want something just to like help them sleep or something every once in a while if they've had like a stressful day um then I kind of think like like what situation are you in like can you like do you live in an apartment like can you smoke or like (laughs) yeah no I like that though that's a really good like all these factors are really good yeah and like also like are you looking exactly like the difference that you might feel from like an edible versus smoking right like do you want it to work right away like do you want to smoke and then just kind of be able to like you know read your book or like scroll on instagram and then like go to bed or like are you looking for something that's kind of like more chill like you can have it before dinner like have an edible before dinner and then like kind of like walk down throughout the night and then like it'll last kind of like through the night as well kind of like that that buzz um and then like yeah like essentially then it, it comes down to like experimenting for yourself and like starting really low like you just because like you don't want to start off with a negative experience and right. you won't get that if you start really low um 
so like whatever product that you're using, there's a way to like start with really low doses. I think the hardest part is really picking like the potencies, like what, like how much CBD you want or like how much THC you want. Right. That's kind of the trick you're in. Cause like, I don't know if you've like seen like cannabis labels lately, like, and it just like, it's just, just random numbers. Like I, the first time I saw them, I was like, what does this mean? Like we've never had labels on anything before. So like, I have no like comparison here. Yeah. It's like trial and error for sure. But I think that's really the trickiest part. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like I've, I have flour and like, like I've, I've mentioned, like I've smoked joints and bong and like doing bong cokes and whatever. And I have a bong and whatever, like I have the tools, but I actually prefer to smoke from a pen because um, I can do it in my bed in my parents' house and they don't smell it. They know that I smoke weed, but they obviously they don't want that scent in their house of people who don't smoke weed. So um, that's just like something that, you know, we have like that kind of agreement on. And um, even when I was living in an apartment building in London for school, like, you know, smoking flour in an apartment, like I had to go out the window. They t- technically you weren't supposed to, but everyone did. But it was just like more yeah. the lingering of the scent that I didn't like. So I would just, you know, always smoke my pen. But then when it came to like going to a cannabis um, store, like they would ask me what I smoke. And I'm like, well, I smoke a pen. So I don't really like, I don't know <laughs> like mm-hmm. what I smoke and what my potency is and whatever. And they just like through a kind of consultation, the guy was like, I think you're like, you know, whatever it was called. It had like a funny name and I was just like, okay. And yeah, it worked fine. But I also think that I'm pretty easygoing in strains where like not everyone is like that. So I, I don't want to mm-hmm. speak too generalized on what I use just because I know that it's a, it affects everyone differently. And I also haven't explored all too much in the sense that like I have the couple products I really like and I've always kind of stuck to those for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, there's so much out there and like, I think a lot of people get hung up on like when you're choosing like cannabis flower is like, Oh my God, like there's so many different ones. And like, what am I even looking for? Like, am I looking at to see like what it looks like or like, <laughs> like am I reading these numbers like should I care about terpenes and I'm like I always like to just start simple like the most important part is going to be like how much CBD and how much THC because like those are the the molecules that are interacting with your endocannabinoid system so like start there and then like you can look at terpenes and stuff like that later once like you have a better understanding of like what ratios you like and how much you smoke and then like yeah, then go ahead and like try other different products. It's just more about like the different flavors and kind of like you can get like different effects based on like terpenes and stuff like that. So start with potency and then just experiment to see like what you like. I think that's the best bet. That's awesome. I'm so glad you ran through that because I think that could give people some directions to go or even if you're someone like me who has tried it for quite a few years but like now I'm kind of like wanting to try different like experiences like now like I'm gonna take your whole dinner thing I'm definitely doing that on like a Friday night and like getting baked and making dinner and like whatever watching a documentary and like thriving with myself (laughs) hanging out with yourself we need to do that yeah (laughs) and like honestly like for people if you need a vibe recommended by me it is you put on Janae Iko you smoke yes. and you 
color high, like get one of those adult coloring books and color if you're by yourself and then eventually masturbate or if you're with a partner, you put on that album and you have sex and it is the greatest thing in the world. Amazing. Yeah. That's a vibe. Love that. All right. Um, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited we were able to discuss this taboo topic on the podcast because obviously we haven't tackled it yet before and this was so informative but also fun and gives people lots of direction to try but also destigmatize so that was really amazing um if you could let every know everyone know like where they can find you what services you provide and everything and i will obviously link everything in the show notes yeah thank you so much for having me like this has been an awesome conversation and just like the diversity of topics was really cool um, but you can find me on Instagram at totallyblunt.ca. Uh, and that's essentially my educational platform where I talk about all things cannabis. Um, I also do one-on-one consultations for products and doses. And you can just DM me there if you're interested. And then stay tuned for a website and some more digital products. Awesome. I can't wait to see that. We'll definitely have to, um, like, I'll post about it on once all that stuff goes live. Just keep me in the loop and I'll share with my audience so that they can go explore your new adventures of websites and whatever. So that would be great. Thank you so much Thank again you. for sharing. Um, obviously, guys, you can find me at the Not So Average Fetch on Instagram, my personal Instagram, and then the podcast Instagram is at Strategic Slut. Um, because we're talking about cannabis on this website or on this podcast, um, I just want to quickly pimp out that I do have a Birch and Fog code. It is C Bell with an E, like the princess, C Bell. Um, for $20 off your purchase. I'll put that in the show notes as well. If you feel like to try, that's that's where I buy my products. Um, and yeah, go Creep Dana. Thank you again for being here. And uh, love you guys. Love yourself. Love others. And wash your fucking hands. See you guys every Monday and Friday. Talk to you next week. Bye.